What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Live from Estopanol End. It's the Bamos Morados Podcast, powered by the state of Louisville. Welcome to the Bamos Morados Podcast on the State of Louisville Podcast Network. I'm your host, Zach. And I'm Benton. And Benton, we are joined by a pretty awesome guest this week. We have writer, podcaster, radio broadcaster, and uh, communications director for Racing Louisville, Jeff Greer, with us. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm wonderful. I'm excited to be joining you fellas. It's been a long time and um, I'm so sorry that we've kind of lost uh, our pickup soccer days uh, a little bit as as uh, we've added more responsibility to our lives, but uh, but it's great to be chatting with you. I know. Even I haven't made it out to the pickup game in several mm. weeks. Mm. Brutal. Yeah, we're slacking, but I'm excited to, to pick your brain and, and talk about racing. But before we get into that, we got other stuff we want to go over. <laughs> So Zach, what are you into this week? Ben, this week, I am I am back into pinball. So before our daughter was born, I was playing a lot of pinball, like in tournaments and stuff. It was that was like the hobby I dropped when we had the daughter, because that was the thing I, I could no longer make time for. But we uh I had my my birthday was over the weekend, and so my happy my birthday. Wife, ah, thank you. My wife took me out to rec bar um, for for my birthday. I got to play a bunch of pinball, and it was a blast. There were a bunch of new machines since since last time I played. Uh, I really enjoyed Big Lebowski pinball they had there, which was pretty great. Uh, so yeah, it's it was nice to nice to pick it back up a little bit. I'm, I want to go back. I'm fascinated about this the pinball tournament concept. What do you guys just like get like one round and like high scores like win or? they play like round robin format so you get in groups of four and you play a four player game and then you get points for how you finish in the group so first place gets like seven points second place gets four or gets five third place gets three and then last place gets one and usually you play a couple rounds of that and then uh whoever like top half of the field points wise goes on to like a single elimination tournament it's like the world cup sort of set up pretty much yeah yeah they used to uh i think i mean they still do but zanzibar has like a monthly tournament um it's pretty cool there's like a an actual oh it's ifpa i forgot the abbreviation but there's there's actually like a sanctioning organization that you get ranking points 
from playing and there's like a state championship that you can qualify for if you get enough points. I think back when I was actually playing like a tournament a month, I just narrowly missed making the state champions championship. So I'd never thought of it like, like in that sort of format, that's just really fascinating that that, uh, that world exists. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty trash fun. at pinball, so I wouldn't be any good at it. I think most oh, of my experience came like on, you know, like back on window XP, they had like the space cadet pinball. Uh, that on was the computers and played it like middle school and like high school on the computers there. Yeah. That's what I think of with pinball. But um, so what I'm into this week is I've uh, been getting back into reading my uh, graphic novels a bit. I got a bunch, start reading some and then life happened and I'm just now getting back into that. And it's been fun kind of mixing it up because of my unhealthy um, video game playing habit that I've recently found myself in. That's how I'm breaking things up. I'm still playing Dota a lot, and it's really bad. Don't play it if you've never played it I would say, are we just going to, is is what has been into this week just going to be Dota for the rest of the season? It still is. <laughs> they just released a new patch. It's a whole new game. It's such a time sink. Cole, the game's so toxic. It's such a steep learning curve, but I can't stop. Well, I got I got a decent graphic novel library if you're looking for some books. You can always borrow one. You might. I might have to do that. I got a little pile here I got to get through first, but then I'm probably going to hit you up. Jeff, I know you're a pretty busy guy. Have you you had have you been into anything? You watching any, any I, good TV shows? Well, it's funny. What uh, which day? First of all, which day is your actual birthday? Uh, the twenty third. Twenty third. Okay, so I was I'm the twentieth. So I spent uh, I spent all day of my birthday flying to Portland, Oregon. So that was uh, that was fun. Um, there are but, worse places to spend a birthday. Uh, yeah, well, that that's true. There are worse places. There are a lot, there are better places also. Um, I'm not, I'm <laughs> I not a huge donuts. I love I like Portland. They they have they have a lot of great coffee. Um, I can see the redeeming parts of the city, but um, in fairness to Portland, and I'm guessing people who would stay uh, in any city might say this, but um, they're really struggling downtown. And as a result, it's not a great place uh, to be staying for four days. Uh, so I can, I'll leave it at that. But they have great coffee, great <laughs> beer. I enjoyed every meal I had. I had incredible Thai food. But what I'm into, okay, I actually came prepared. If you had me like three or four days ago, I would have been like, I'm into changing diapers. But instead, I actually have something that I just recently uh, uh, watched for the first time. On the flight back, we played, uh, racing played on Saturday night. Uh, we got back to the hotel. The hotel Wi-Fi was incredibly slow. I don't know if people fully understand the cadence of of our jobs, um, but I was not in bed until about 2.30. We got up at about 4.30 to go to the airport um, and then flew back. Now, normal people uh, who don't have 15-month-year-olds, 15 15 I can't talk, 15-month-olds who don't sleep. 15-month-old will do that. Yeah. Um, normal people would have probably napped on the first flight to Dallas. I did not. I had a cup of coffee and I got started with my day uh, and I watched A Star is Born. I have ne I had never seen that movie. Uh, I'd heard a lot of, uh, about it. Um, Wait, I did am, you watch the new one or the I think there's I three watched of them, the, there? I watched the 2018 one. Okay. I did not watch the 1937 one, although I've I now am intrigued by the whole story in, in general. But I got to say, what a film. Uh, and, and then. Uh, to to go on the Wikipedia page and start clicking around into some interviews. Once I really like something, I'd do that. Um, to learn that Lady Gaga's dad in that movie is Andrew Dice Clay, like blew my mind. 
Um, so I, I just, I don't know. I, I will tell you this. I I'm hoping that she didn't notice me, but in my row, as I'm like, you know, kind of like trying to dampen my tears as my dog is joining the conversation, dampen my tears and just trying to keep it together on this four hour flight to Dallas or however long it was. Uh, I, I looked over to my right and Abby Ursek just happened to also be looking back in my direction. I'm hoping that she did not notice that I was quietly weeping at nine in the morning to a star is born. Never let Abby see you cry. No, that's, you can't let her see any fear. <laughs> She'll take advantage. <laughs> she could have just assumed it was the sleep deprivation kicking in. That's that's accurate. That's true. <laughs> so Benton, I, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this one. I feel like we got to... We got to touch on the the Louisville City game, and then while we have Jeff, I think we should spend most of our time on on racing this week. Is that good? Yeah, I agree. And I think every, every year you get just a small handful of games that are just really like there's not a ton to them. And unfortunately, this Charleston one was one of those matches. And I mean, yeah, it was a big matchup like on paper when you're looking at the standings, how good the teams are. But when it comes to like on field stuff, like. It, it, it was not the most exciting match in the world. We got a point from it. Like I'm satisfied. Um, maybe Charleston. Result. Yeah. Maybe Charleston had, had, had the slight edge compared to us in that one. But I mean, that maybe that's splitting hairs a bit. Um, like my, the first my note was, on it is it's never a good sign when you look up the package after the game and it just completely skips the first half. I think that, I think the first highlight is like the first half ending. So I think, <laughs> Part, I mean, for, I mean, to your point, like the first half was like pretty much nothing happened, but I did notice like the data wasn't correct on all those matches. There were a couple shots made in that first half, but they're just, they weren't registered in any like the stats platform or whatnot. But, um, and I don't know if the video portion of that feeds into that, but I mean, to your point, yeah, it was the, the second half was where all the action was and wasn't a ton. Um, I think that one of the most awkward sequences was when um, Semmel came out, came out of the box on that one. You know which one sequence I'm talking I was, about? I was actually that was, that was scary. I made a note. So he has been really good. I think he was actually probably my player of the game for that game. Yeah. But there have been a couple times this season where something similar to that has happened, where he's gotten stuck like way outside the box and 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 it's gotten sketchy a few times. He 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 does seem to like. It, with as good of a season as he's ha- had, he does have a habit of maybe coming out a little too far a couple times. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I had him as my man in the match as well, and that was like the one like like knock against him on that was an awkward sequence. Thankfully, somebody got a deflection on the ball. I'm not, I don't recall who it was that kind of prevented the the chip from from happening. But but yeah, ultimately, I think they had a few a few better looks than than we did. But the XGs were incredibly low for both sides. It was very just a very tactical kind of chess match sort of game and nobody really like jumped off the page to make a difference really on either side of the wall and so we're left with a a nil nil draw when you're on the road against a team like that though like you're not going to be too mad about that result i think we knew it was going to be a defensive struggle coming into that charleston has had a very good defense i think ben pierman his teams have always had good defenses so I think, yeah, getting a draw away against a team like that. Like, you take your points, move on to the next game. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's one of those draws that felt like a win, but but from their perspective, it might have kind of felt like a little bit of a loss. They probably won it more more than a point at home on that, but such is the game. Still a lot of still a lot of season left. It's just unfortunate that we couldn't, uh, you know, couldn't get all three points in, in 
take the take the lead on top of the table, but it's still pretty close and things can swing pretty quickly. Yeah. So not too worried about it. Pack up and move on to the big matchup, which will probably already have happened by the time this episode posts. So we had to do too much of a preview, but we got we got the open cup match midweek this week against Cincy. Yeah, yeah, I'm super excited about that one. Very curious what the lineup is going to look like, considering that we we play Memphis on the weekend, and then you know the match that we had just played. Um, Wes Sharpie made his first appearance on the bench, so I'm kind of curious if he's going to get some some minutes in in the Cincinnati match. If not that one, maybe maybe Memphis. It seems like a good time for him to maybe kind of get swapped in there. I don't know, you know, about how um, Tosher or or Josh are doing, but I imagine cycling one of them out at some point wouldn't be the the worst idea in the world very very happy to see him get some minutes because i think the the back line has been struggling with some depth issues and having all these road games and a midweek game really could use all the depth we can get at the on the back line yeah that was the yeah one particular position of, of concern i mean when you're talking about midfield and, and some of these forward positions i feel like we have we have plenty of guys but that was those were the kind of real real tough spots that I think we've, we've struggled with depth wise. And it just sucked that Wes had been out and then Jordan Scarlett was out. And, you know, whenever Widener was gone, it's just it became started to become slim pick and started to get a little area of concern, but so it'd be really interesting to see how these, these lineups go. Um, you know, just hoping we have a good match against Cincinnati. Hopefully by the time we're uh, you're listening to this, we're <laughs> maybe it's the time for the next round of the draw and that we're in that. Yeah. Hopefully but, uh, we're still in the open cup by the time this episode posts. Yeah. Yeah. That's my hope. And then move on to Memphis. I don't, they're not the team that they were um, last year. So, I, I mean, I'm not looking past them at the same time. Like it's not the same level of concern that last season we would have put towards them. I think Ben Pierman really was a difference maker there and they don't have that this year to their, to their credit. I think they've had a little, like a little bit of a tough start to the season, but still we'll see. I think we're playing at I their think- autism park and that's a pretty weird place to play too. That Memphis game probably gives the team a little more flexibility with the lineups for the midweek open cup game. I think yeah. you, you probably can rotate a couple more players for that game than you would if it were a, a different team they're playing that next weekend. So I think that works yeah. out in Louisville's favor. Yeah. So we'll see how those pan out. Be really curious. Um, see how that looks, but uh, let's move on. Let's talk about racing. Jeff, I want to get you into this. Let's, uh, uh, I want to I want to pepper you with questions, but before we do that, let's talk about that that Portland match. Okay, that you're that you're at. So, <laughs> I guess just, you want to you want to kick us off. What were kind of your general general thoughts about that? What match? were the vibes? How that go? From- well, I, uh, I could go in a variety of directions with it. I would say, um, you know, first of all, as much as I just disparaged Portland, it is a really awesome soccer place, um, and their fans show up and they're loud. Um, and they know when to clap, uh, which is something that really, um, I appreciate. It was something I learned as a really, really young kid, um, in England, I was like 11 or 12 years old. We went to a Coventry city match and people were clapping at like someone executing a nice sliding challenge. And I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. So in Portland, if somebody makes a good play, doesn't have to be a goal or an assist or a save. It, it can be anything, uh, in between uh, the boxes as well. Um, people know to cheer and stuff and they've, they've got their whole game day experience down. It's really well done. So that was fun. Um, as far as the actual match goes, I mean, look, I think Portland is, is, uh, the best team in the league. I think they are the deepest team in the league. So the fact that they played, uh, they played us, 
there was what their third game in eight days. Uh, they played us after playing San Diego, and I think they went to San Diego and then came back for uh, for the racing match. That's a lot. Um, that that's a lot for for them. So um, I think you know uh, they're so good in transition that that's what racing wants to be eventually and get to. Um, and and for the first time in the franchise's very young history, I feel like we have the players who are capable of getting us there. I think there's a couple, um, a couple up the sleeve. Uh, once you get Tembi Katlana back, once you get Amina Ekic back, I think people have kind of forgotten uh, that those players exist uh, while they're out. It's easy to forget. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I think uh, the biggest takeaway is man, Sophia Smith is really good. Um, I've been really impressed with Rebecca Holloway, uh, being kind of thrown into a center back role, um, and, and has, uh, stepped in there and, and played pretty well, I think, um, and, and dealt with some of the best players in the league in the first four games. Um, love Ari Borges. And then I think the biggest thing for me is the players are mad when they, lo- when they lost, like they were mad, they were upset that they lost and they felt like they played well enough, especially, uh, after the initial kind of surge from Portland, they played well enough through the first half to feel like they were in the game to give up that goal right before halftime uh, was frustrating. Um, but to to see them be mad, not that they weren't last year, but it was just like a different upset last year. It was like more of a frustration. This year, it's like this team thinks they should be getting points in every game. And, I, and that's an adopted mentality that you get with um, some of the players they've added, as well as uh, some of the players having a year of experience. So, like I said, a lot of different directions. I always come back from road trips with, but um, I, I still feel really good about this team and, and think they are a team that is uh, very much going to be a playoff contender this year. Yeah. You, you, you mentioned it a little bit, but Holloway, I mean, we have not been super big on her at center back on the podcasts, but I have to say, that is such a tough position that she got thrown into having to check into a game that early. Cause I think, you know, you start on the bench, you warm up, you're kind of expecting like, maybe I'll check in in the second half. Maybe you're sort of adjusting your expectations for that. And then to have to check in two minutes into the game like that. I mean, that just has to completely reset your internal clock. So I think she actually played a, a very good game for especially considering the circumstances she had to come in in yeah um credit where credit's due you know um I'll, you know won't won't slater for that one but ultimately like i know that julia lester correct me if i'm wrong she's she's injured right she's she's out of the equation currently she is back uh on training and has been on the subs bench the last two games but has not come in yet um i don't i i, I don't think she would be on the subs bench if she wasn't um okay. close to being uh, they weren't close to being comfortable to put her in so i would expect to see her sooner rather than later for sure okay i i overlooked her inclusion i know at least earlier on i think she was dealing with an injury and then satara murray i think she's been healthy there i mean do you think that hallway is is the better option of you know of of those three um, it's tough to say, I mean, I, because, you know, Julia Lester, uh, played, um, a lot last year at the end of the year, at right back. I really like her at, at outside back, uh, but she's more defense, uh, defensively oriented than uh, Lauren Malay. Um, so you kind of have to pick and choose what, what you want. I think, um, from watching the games, it's clear that, that Kim Bjorkegren, um, 
wants his outside backs to get high, um, to get really high and, and, and almost look at, make it look like a kind of like a two, one, like seven, uh, you know, with, with the amount of attacking bodies that they have forward. Um, but, I think they have a, a nice, well, I'll leave it at this. I think they have a nice array of options because none of those players are similar. I think Julia Lester is someone who has long been a center back. Uh, who can play right back. I think Satara Murray is uh, a center back who um, uh, I thought played pretty well at the end of last year um, and is competing for time there. And then I think Rebecca Holloway is, is almost like a left winger uh, who has, has had uh, a chance to play a little bit of a different role uh, right now and, and showing off her speed. So yeah, I, I think they all have options. And I think once you throw Holloway in there and she plays well, you keep her, you keep her in your lineup um, and then like we just saw with, with Ellie Pikuyamsa coming back, uh, into center central defense with the midfield getting set again, it's like, okay, great. You have Rebecca Holloway off the bench. And as Zach said, she was immediately called into action. I wouldn't have been surprised if she got subbed in at some point, uh, in the game, uh, based on those first three, but, um, but yeah, she ended up playing the whole, <laughs> the whole shebang. And once again, I thought has, has acquitted herself pretty well. Yeah, that's um, that's fair. I'll I'll trust I'll trust the process as far as the the player selection goes, and maybe one day I'll eat my words about uh, you know, about not being the biggest uh, Rebecca Holloway fan. At least her <laughs> playing a center back over the other options. I'm sorry, Zach, you were going to say something. Have we gotten word on Pikiyamsa after coming out of that game? It it looked like she pulled up with some sort of like muscle pull in her leg, uh, but I I have not. I should have done my homework. I I have not seen if there's been any further word on that. No, it, uh, it, it was a muscle, but we don't know what the extent is. Um, I know, you know, traveling back, uh, certainly makes it a little bit more difficult. Uh, the players had, um, obviously Sunday was a travel day and then they've had Monday and today, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, um, off. So, uh, we don't, I don't know, um, if they've done any x-rays or, or done anything yet to figure that out. Um, but, um, but yeah, it, it sucks because she, um, was one of our best players in preseason. I went to pretty much every scrimmage that they played exhibition, a lot of training. And, and I was really impressed with her. And I know that showed in games. Um, and then to have that happen after a giveaway too, that I know she was really frustrated about um, just uh, it stinks. So hopefully it's not long-term. She's been a real like pleasant surprise for me. Not that I doubted her or anything. I just didn't know what to expect. I think she's just, I, I don't know wherever I had her mentally pegged. She she was above that and she kind of really showed some some exciting play and really, really good player. So yeah, I hope we don't lose her for, for a very long time. Hopefully it's just like a little minor thing, you know, game or two situation. As far as the Portland match goes, uh, I I liked to hear that they were upset about the loss and like not like in any sort of negative way, but like, you can feel that the bar is being raised. Like we know we have the talent, the skill, the ability. And so for us to, to lose that, for them to be upset about it in the way that you were describing versus like, Oh, you know, like it's Portland, what are you going to do? I, 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 I like the direction that the team's mentality is. And, and I'm, and I'm of the mindset and maybe you can, you can chime in here is that the more that these players are going to get to play together, the better they're going to be because right now we still have a lot of new players that have only played a couple of competitive matches with one another. So there's still kind of a lot of that, that chemistry still to be built, like might look good still on the pitch, but I think that 
they can still take it an extra step further and that can make a real world of a difference. Is that, is that kind of a fair observation? I think so. I, I you know, when, when we were in Portland for the preseason tournament, uh, you kind of got a glimpse of, of, and, and, and again, you know, I, I think, and I've tried to make sure that I check myself on this is like, they played uh, Portland the first game, played them pretty square all the way through, gave up kind of a scrap goal at the end of the game. It was kind of a, a, a uncleared corner that ended up just getting poked in um, and then dominated OL Reign for 70 minutes. But OL Reign, in fairness, that was probably the type of lineup you're going to see in the Challenge Cup when their players are away from the world, uh, for the World Cup. Now, that being said, uh, racing uh, also is going to have a pretty similar lineup uh, during during that run, uh, with the exception of Wang Shuang and and Ari Borges. You're going to have mostly the same team uh, out there, which I think is an advantage. But um, in that first half against Oil Rain, and then especially the first half against the U.S. under 23s, which again uh, I know competition wise uh, is a is a step down from what we're used to seeing racing play. Um, I got to really see like when they're flowing and they're getting forward and you've got Savannah DeMello, you've got Wong Schwong, you've got uh, Carson Pickett who can unlock a lot with her passing. Ellie Pickyamsa is a really good long range passer. I think Jalen Howell um, is a very good uh, unlocking uh, passer as well uh, to get things in transition. Um, but when you've got uh, the options that racing has um, and the pace that racing has, uh, with some of the players who I'm just anxious to to let them get going, uh, and Temi Katlana and Uchenna Kanu, um, especially, I think they're like you said. I mean, I think that level uh, that they reach, where they you know they start winning games and stuff, is going to come when they're starting to score goals in transition, and that's where it's like you go from being a fun team that can score on set pieces and maybe get some long range goals like they have. Um, to a team that gets out in transition and scores too, and takes some of the chances that they haven't taken just yet. Um, not just because uh, for, for a variety of reasons um, uh, in these first four games, but also because they're not fully healthy. So um, I totally agree. There is a, there is absolutely another level for this team to hit. And the fact that they are still very much looking like a team that is going to be hard to beat all year um, before reaching that level gives me a lot of uh, hope for what the potential is for this group. Yeah. I feel like we've seen in, in the first couple games, we've seen glimpses of, of the team they're going to be. I think they've, they've had stretches in games, especially like the first half of that Los, Los Angeles game. They've, they've had bits and pieces. They've just uh, so far not been able to, to put that together for like a full 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I think, getting some players back healthy and, and getting some more time with each other when they, when they're starting to, to be able to keep that up for, for a full 90, I think they're going to be really dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking of, of there's a sequence in the first 15 minutes of that angel city match. I think it was how from about midfield sent it off to, uh, to Kayla Fisher who got over to, to Davis and then, um, I think it was DeMello got the shot at and ultimately ended up hitting off the post. But man, like that was like, that was liquid football right there. That was beautiful. That was like the glimpse of the kind of thing this team can be. And if they can string sequences like that together, with regularity, they are going to be a lot of fun to watch and they're going to start winning a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Well, and that, and that's where like today's uh, trade for, uh, for Jordan Baggett, I think will really help. We talk about angel city. Um, everyone in that locker room, is still pissed 
that that game was not three points. Um, and not in a way that it's lingering and, 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 you know, I know people get worried that like one loss leads to, or, or one draw, I guess, in that case leads to, uh, to a bunch of bad results. It's not in that way, but I think everyone looks at that game and says that first half is how racing wants to play all the time. And we even saw glimpses of that style and that, and that flowing fun, uh, fun style against Portland. I mean, there were a couple of times where racing like got out and looked like a team that, that could score goals against the best teams in the league. Um, and it's just, you bring in a, a player like Baggett, um, you get Julia Lester healthy and you start to see players who can help you ice a game. You need to be able to keep possession. You need to be able to control the midfield a little bit better. Um, and, and more importantly, you need people who can help your team not consistently shift back into a lower and lower block when they're under pressure. You need to be able to kind of build away from pressure. Um, as you guys know, my club team uh, in the Premier League is, is Leeds, and they basically took a took a lead um, today, for instance, and were just under pressure for the rest of the game pretty much and, and just could not really get out of that low block. And I think that's the next step for uh, for a team that wants to be a playoff contender is learning how to control games a, a little bit better and play with a lead. Outside of that really unfortunate start to the game, I'm not happy losing 2-0 ever, but I think that the team really did settle in in sort of the middle of that game a little mm-hmm. bit and and was playing with Portland and, and I thought looked really good and just had a, a couple of season a couple of sequences at the start and at the end of that first half where, you know, minus those two sequences, I, I thought that was actually a, a pretty even game and and compared to <laughs> compared to how the team has played against Portland previously is a, a big improvement. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know the team's uh, upset about that loss and I'm glad that they are, but with that said, I do give them a bit of grace that it was, you know, that was Portland that we're losing to. I mean, it's a very quality side. So like, if you're going to lose to somebody, somebody like them, like makes, makes it a little bit more digestible and understandable, but um Really, I would like really to get points off there. of them at some point in the team's history, though. <laughs> I agree with you on that Six, one, but the sixth time is the charm. The sixth time. <laughs> the there we go. Thing. <laughs> the set pieces looked really nice. That, that I think that's probably for me one of the biggest areas of improvement I've seen year over year. Uh, I think in Portland they had a couple really good set piece looks. I think that was a huge, huge problem for the team the first two seasons. And that that appears to, I mean, have completely turned around so far this year. So I, Ersig especially has been a huge asset to have on on set pieces. The team has sort of lacked a really good target before this season. I think I think she has been a big help there. You have world class delivery too. I mean, you've got Savannah Demello, you have Carson Pickett, you have Wang Shuang, you have Ari Borges. Um, and you know, I I do think that they may have tried to 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 sneak in at the Olympico um, that Ari had for Brazil. It looked like they may have tried to sneak that in at one point. I think it got blocked or it just didn't go off, but, but yeah, I agree. Um, you throw in Ellie when, when Ellie's healthy, Ellie Pikuyamsa, um, she scored a really nice back post header off a recycled corner. Um, uh, I think it was against the U23s. Um, Kayla Fisher is good in the air. So, I mean, you've Powell? got. We, we yeah. still need to She's yeah, very good on set pieces. Yeah. Yeah, really strong um, and required a save from Bixby on the one header she had the other day. So, 
Um, yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's something that, um, you know, in my position, I get to make a, uh, to give a shout out, uh, where people might not know, uh, but that's a Serge Gonzalez. Um, Sergio Gonzalez has worked really hard on set pieces, um, and deserves a lot of credit for that, um, because, um, he's got some toys to play with, uh, with this team and, and has done a nice job. So, um, the set plays aspect of this team is kept them in games as we've seen, um, or, or help them fight back. Um, and I think it's something that as you grow as a team uh, and you go from you play poorly or you don't play great, you still get a draw out of a game. And then when you play, um, you play average to good, you can win a lot of games. Um, set pieces can be the, the thing that salvage games for teams when they're not playing well. Um, and, and to be able to execute those is a big plus for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking through this. Um to the the stats of this match here and the more i look at it the more like we did i mean it was pretty decent like we we got i mean i would have liked less shots again so we had a total 20 shots against six on target um would have liked a little bit less there but i mean we put up 12 shots of our own four on target passing a lot of passes high up on pass rate and that was one thing i was particularly not happy with last season is that we had trouble stringing together passes. And if you look at those little passing radar maps, I think it's what's her name? Ariel door door on, um, on Twitter. Are, yeah. 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 She puts out those, those visualizations of, of the, the passing maps. Like you're starting to see much more of a web there, which is what you're wanting to see. So the, the more I think about this match, the more like I, I'm, I'm happy with, with what things that we saw there, but obviously still knowing that there's obviously room for improvement because, you know, we didn't win, but we didn't get any points from that match, but Still a lot of good uh, takeaways from that one. How about we throw to some ads and then uh, let's come back and, and ask some questions about Jeff. Let's get to know Jeff a little better. Let's do it. Catch you guys on the other side. Does this ever happen to you? Do you ever get sick of listening to the same old sports radio, Mount Rushmore this, Hot Seat that, the same rehashed old musty takes you've been hearing for years? Does it send you into a fit of rage causing you to lose control of the steering wheel, crashing into a vehicle leading to you being late to a big meeting at work which leads to your ultimate firing and downward spiral of your life? Does this ever happen to you? Don't send your life into a downward spiral. Do what thousands of others are already doing, listening to the State of Louisville Podcast Network. Louisville football, basketball, women's basketball, baseball, Louisville City and racing Louisville soccer, Louisville culture, and so much more. State of Louisville Podcast Network and stateoflouisville.com. Real fans' opinions for real fans like you. And welcome back to the Vamos Marauders podcast. My name's Benton. I'm Zach. And we are about to grill Jeff Greer. I want to hear all about your life, Jeff. What's going on with you? So first off, for the people not familiar with you, can you just kind of give us your little elevator speech on who you are and how you got into your current role with the organization? Oh, wow. Um, I had to do this the other day to Abby. Uh, speaking of Abby Urseg, uh, so I'll do it. I'll do it here, too. Um, We're a little less intimidating. Yeah, she's, 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 a she's awesome. Uh, she's so cool. Uh, but um, no, I, I, uh, long story short, uh, thought like many other people that I would be some kind of college athlete stopped growing in ninth grade. Um, 
and uh, just started pulling muscles and having injuries and and just it all went uh, went to crap um but uh but no i i went to school studied um sports journalism and um my goal at least at that point in my life uh, around 21 22 was to be um a national college basketball reporter um and I worked really, really hard uh, over about 13 years to get uh, to the athletic. Um, I was at the Courier Journal. I, I worked nights at the Washington Post. I worked at U.S. News and World Report um, and, and a couple other places. So um, I got the, to that point and I kind of found myself wondering, like, is this is this it? Like, is there something else that I could be doing? Um and that's when my wife and I decided to step back from everything and go to Europe. Uh, we were supposed to be there for a year. Uh, we got five months in and then the pandemic hit. I am still just absolutely crushed uh, that my assignment, I had a Washington Post five-story assignment at the Euros in Munich where the group was uh, Portugal, France, Germany, and Hungary. And I had like features on Mbappe and Ronaldo uh, that I was going to be uh, assigned, that I had been assigned. And uh, obviously that did not happen. So came back to the U.S. And at that point, uh, kind of had a chance to reevaluate everything. And that was right when uh, Racing Louisville was announced. Uh, what was that, like the fall of 2020, guys? That that was like uh, things really started to pick up to get ready for the 2021 season. And um, yeah, I've just always loved women's soccer in particular, um, um, getting to uh, root for the U.S. national team and, and all that stuff for 20-something years. But I've also been a huge Leeds guy uh, for since like 1998. So um, it was a natural transition to to shift into communications role for the team um, and get a chance to work with the uh, Lucidity guys and and uh, obviously get a chance to work with racing, which is super fun. Now, now that you're on the inside, has has your I guess how has your perspective changes and do you still like love the game and like love being involved with the team or does like, does it, the fact that it's become your work kind of muddy the waters for you as far enjoyment wise, like from watching. I'm a pretty joyful person when it comes to sports. I, I, you know, my friends in the sports writing world would got to a point where a lot of them um, who I care about deeply and, and I'm still really good friends with a lot of them. Um, almost are like jaded about like you go to the final four and they're just like, yeah, it's another game. I'm like, it's the final four. Like, this is awesome. This should, we should be excited about this. So no, I, 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 um, I probably care too much. Um, I hate sitting alone in a press box like I did on Saturday because I had no one to like nudge when something exciting was happening. Um, so no, I, I live and die uh, with racing. Of course I'm professional about it. Um, and uh, you probably can't see it uh, when you're sitting in the press box next to me, but um, but uh, but no, I, I live and die with with this team and and uh, and city too. I mean, it's just it's difficult not to when you're around these people every day. Um, but I'll tell you, Ben, the biggest thing that is different for me is I don't think people realize. All, one, all of the interpersonal things that go on that, you, I mean, like in any office, there's just a lot of relationships, things and like there's more drama, not not like bad drama that ends up to the level of obviously things that have happened in the past. Um, 
Uh, we're not going to act like that didn't exist um, or happen, but um, just little day-to-day things that you just don't think about when you're not in that environment, um, helping someone get a car, helping someone get their visa squared away, helping someone get their travel set up for international duty, helping someone get their dog into the United States, like all of these little things that I don't think people realize um, have just made it so more, so much more interesting to me to be inside the wall. So um, I really love it. And I love the whole group that we have uh, that we get to work with. So it's, it's a, it's been really fun. It's been really fun. I think people, a lot of times with athletes forget that they are people and, mm-hmm. and they have jobs there. <laughs> it's jobs like, like everyone else has. And so, you know, outside of 90 minutes a week that they're playing a game for most of their week, like they have a job and they have to deal with coworkers and, and live <laughs> lives like, like regular people do. It's, so I think that's that's the side of it. A lot of people lose sight of as sports fans a lot of times, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's basically what I was going to say. It's like we just we just have this 90 minute glimpse of them playing the game. And there's just so much stuff surrounding that. And I guess it's like, Jeff, you and a lot of other people's jobs to help try to make their lives as simple as possible so they can focus on those 90. Well, not only just those 90 minutes, but their trainings and all the things that they need to do for their for their bodies. I mean, being a professional athlete is essentially it's a 24 hour job, you know, when you're talking about nutrition and training and, and putting in all that work to get those end results. Yeah. Well, I'll give you a couple examples. Like we had, well, just one player, for example, we were supposed to have a, a couple of them come to an event a few weeks ago. And uh, the week of, it was just kind of like, I don't know if I can be on my feet that much uh, the day before we play a game. I really need to play well this week. I haven't been playing well. And you just don't really think about that. You're just kind of like, well, you can just come sit at this event and you'll be fine. And they're like, no, my headspace, I need to, I need to focus on, on this um, because there's a lot of pressure and there's a, you know um, something else that, that happened uh, when we were in, in Oregon uh, for the preseason for the Portland term in the preseason, you know, I had a couple of players come up to me and say like, people are DMing me um, like asking me if I'm okay and stuff like that. And they're just like, we're fine. We're doing great. Like we're doing great. We're trying to focus on our jobs. And, you know, I think that's, uh, it just goes back to like, there's a lot of people who care uh, and are worried uh, or concerned or excited or uh, living and breathing with everything that's happening uh, in terms of games or whatever it is. Um, but that's a lot to weigh on 26 shoulders um, or 26 pairs of shoulders and the coaching staff. And and to Zach's point, they still like have to wake up and walk their dogs and then they, then they come and they go home at, you know, two o'clock or three o'clock and they have to make sure they're taking care of their bodies. Right. But they have other things that they like to do uh, all across the spectrum of the, of the world. And um, yeah, it, it's, it's fascinating. And the cool part for me is our team is cool. Like they're nice people. They're nice human beings. And I think that makes a big difference um, to be able to ask them to do stuff. And they're like totally fine with it. Um but like Zach said, uh, and, and and you as well, Benton, like it's our job to make sure uh, that they're feeling cared for, that they're feeling supported, um, and that we're taking care of the little things so that they feel like they're in the best position to be able to execute those jobs, to live up to all of those expectations that are being placed on them. <laughs> you mentioned players getting DMs in the preseason. A dynamic that I have thought has had to be very strange for the the players uh, like this past uh, this this season end of last season is because there was such a a gap between 
I guess when, when things happened with the team and when things came public, it, that the fan base and the players were in two completely different places just in time with that. I feel like something that was very, very fresh for a lot of the fan base because they, they had just found out about it was something that had happened like a year in the past for mm-hmm. a lot of the players. And so it, it has, it has on top of everything else, it has to have been very weird just feeling like you're out of time <laughs> with, with the public on, on, on things. Yeah. Well, one thing I want to say, and I know that we've talked about this, I don't want to say offline because we all talk online, but I know the three of us have talked a lot about this um, and with a couple of our other friends too, but something that was really important to me. And I, I hope you guys have been around me enough to know that like, I try to be a pretty good guy, um, but um, we've got a really good staff and um, you know, I, I'll give, uh, I'll give uh, Benton's pal, Jeff Milby, a shout out. His wife, Caitlin uh, is like a magician running the show uh, as the ops director for racing. Um, but her and me, um, Logan Agin, uh, our, our social um, social media admin, who also works in comms, um, worked really, really, really hard with every department in our building um, to make sure that we had things lined up for players when they came back, but that we were in constant communication with them, um, you know, through the entire off season to check in on people. Uh, to make make sure things are are going okay, um, and that's where Ryan Dell is going to really help us too as a GM to come in and kind of be the organizer of everything. Um, but we worked so so hard so that our players, like you said, Zach, all this stuff came public. It was awful. A lot of us hated seeing the details of it. Um, a lot of us didn't work here 2021. I didn't, um, and I know it was painful for the players uh, to to relive it. Um, but I think what was more important uh, for us, at least, was give it a chance, uh, give everyone a chance to absorb. Um, but let's get to work on making sure that we are in a place that something like that never even remotely is even on the radar here uh, in the future. So, again, they can focus on feeling cared for and supported and go do their jobs and do the play the sport that they love because they really do absolutely love soccer. Like they're obsessed with soccer all the time. So. Um, that's my little spiel about this off season. <laughs> you, you kind of, you got, you, you reminded me of is something I want to bring up and, um, so perfect kind of segue to it is that, uh, I want you to tell us about your, uh, now notorious PowerPoint, because I've heard that's, uh, that's made <laughs> quite the positive splash and I want you to be able to brag about your work. Well, notorious implies that it's bad, Ben. So I don't want <laughs> a good notorious. I don't want to, I don't want to, yeah. it can be a good notorious. It can be a good one or it's, yeah. it's, had, uh, it's had a great effect. So um, I know I'm a talker, so I promise this is long story short. Um, I was approached, I was approached about halfway through last season um, in a couple of different ways. Austin Buchanan, um, Kim Bjorkegren, both um, we talked about it and said, how can we get um, these presentations to move to the next level uh, for prospective signings? Um, so that's how it started. What eventually it became is we now have a welcome guide for players who we have signed. I was on a call with Ryan Dell and Caitlin Flores and Jordan Baggett today, uh, walking her through everything. That's what you've heard Carson uh, Pickett and Abby Erseg talk about in Paige Monahan. Uh, we walk them through names and faces to know all these little things um, that we built um, so that they know restaurants, they know coffee shops. 
they know where to go get their groceries. They know where to go shopping. Uh, they know the neighborhoods. They know how to pronounce Louisville. That was something that I put in Jordan's thing today because she was worried that she wasn't going to pronounce it correctly. Um, so we put all of those things together into one uh, one PowerPoint. Uh, so they're feeling like they know the city before they get here. For perspective signings, obviously, there's a little bit more to do with like training, the training facility, uh, what their day looks like. And obviously, there's tactical stuff in there, too, that um, I just build the slides. I don't say anything, which is probably for the best. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we, we put those all together and, and the goal, um, appears to have reached, which is to make our players feel like uh, they know what they're getting into, um, when they're coming here, uh, and get them excited to move to Louisville. Cause I think the three of us would probably agree that this is a pretty cool city. And I don't think a lot of people realize how fun it is and how many things that there are to do here, places there are to eat, places there are to get coffee, drinks, whatever. Um, so yeah, so I'm very proud of that presentation, but it is ever evolving. I've got to add a few, a few more places to it. Such a, like, it's such a, like an easy yeah, win to is- get, like getting all this stuff that you have, like compiled together. So I'm, I'm really glad that you guys have had a, had a good resource for these players, you know, making moves like this is, is scary. You know, they're uprooting their lives. They're going to a whole new like, mm-hmm. team. There's just like a lot of newness and that I guess really has to help the, the settling portion. So, so good on you all for getting that together. I think I think the city is is an underrated recruiting tool for the team because I yeah. I feel like like a, you hear a lot of people online like everybody will want to play for the California teams because everybody wants to live in California but I think people underrate like Louisville's a cool town people people that come here <laughs> like it and and want to stay and I, I think I think the city is is like a an asset for us in, in recruiting players. Yeah. Well, you have to remember, look, I mean, if there's uh, if there's 12 teams and there's 26 roster spots, that's a lot of people. I'm not going to even attempt to do my math here, um, but you're talking about hundreds uh, of people and um, that statistically uh, the percentage is, is that a certain number of them, yes, will want to go to uh, to Los Angeles um, or San Diego. And, and I mean, what they've done is, is incredible. Uh, so props to both of those teams. Um, but there's going to be people who want to be in, in a very different type of community. Um, and I mean, it is just such a contrast when you go, uh, to angel city and then you come back to Louisville, just how different everything is. Um, but we pride ourselves on everything's within two minutes, the training facility, the apartments, the stadium, um, still have the best facilities in the league. Um, and we're really proud of that. Uh, we've been told that by people who have seen other places. Um, and so we're excited uh, to, to keep talking about that. Um, the last step, guys, is uh, we just got to consistently get people to these games. Um, yeah. And that's something that I think everyone can acknowledge with more people to these games. I think winning will help, um, but we just got to keep spreading the gospel uh, and talking to people around the city and, and in the region and get them to these games to support our players. Uh, because like Zach said, I mean, this is a great city. It's a great sports city. Um, and uh, and that would be the cherry on top to have it be super loud and a super fun place all the time. Now, um, one thing I was wanting to ask you about are some of the new additions that we've made to the roster. I want to know who, like, going into the season, who mm-hmm. were like, who was a name or two that you're excited about? And now that we've had several games played, like, who's kind of really like, kind of like stepped up in your mind? Like, who's anybody been like a a pleasant surprise or kind of exceeded expectations in any capacity? Man, that's tough. Um, because I, I've honestly I've liked all of our additions. Um, 
I, I think, you know, going into the off season and knowing, um, knowing really what the glaring, the glaring needs were, I, I think we all knew that racing really needed a commanding, confident center back um, to really kind of guide things. So Abby Urseg coming in, I know we've talked a lot about her. I just have so much respect for her. I think she is an incredible player. She's so fun to watch. She's so smooth, uh, very calm. Um, so uh, I guess because they're a package deal, uh, her and Carson Pickett, I want to say, uh, combine them as the two I've, I was the most excited about in the off season. Um, what a trade that was. Love Emily Fox um, and always will. Uh, huge fan of hers, both personally and professionally. I think she's awesome. I'll be rooting for her this summer. Um, but for us, it was it was a great deal, um, and so I was really excited about them. Uh, and then I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you guys a curveball because we've already mentioned Ari, who's awesome. Ellie's awesome. Um, I'm gonna throw you a curveball though and say that Taylor Fisher. Uh, to me is someone who I am just amped about. Um, she was, I, I had the, uh, there, we don't have a huge staff. Okay. So, so to prepare for the draft, uh, there's a small staff that's working on a lot of things. I had the pleasure of combing through social media accounts. Uh, so I at least knew who, um, who was going to be at least on the, on the radar uh, for our coaching staff. And as you guys uh, were, were making fun of me uh, back in January, I was sitting at the draft table, which was also one of the coolest things I've ever done. Um, but I, I just didn't know what to expect from Kayla. And I know Kim keeps saying she moves kind of like a snake. It's true. Like she, there's something about the way she moves that is not typical. And um, I think she's going to be really, really freaking good. Um, but just to have the confidence through four games uh, to try some of the stuff that she tries, like I'm excited about her. So she's been a pleasant surprise for sure. She's been my biggest surprise too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You said snake analogy at the, um, at the town hall meeting where, um, where some of the players there, she wasn't, I, she wasn't there. Like she just like kind of went there to hang out and she then was you, an attendee. You, yeah. She was an attendee and, and you used that. And that, that always stuck out. That stuck out to me. So, um, you know, I thought she had a good outing against angel city. So I'm really excited to, to see more of her and kind of seems like we, we did really well to get her where we did at the draft. Mm-hmm. Louisville, I always call them Louisville. I don't know why racing has done awesome in the draft. I mean, over the years, uh, you talk about Savannah DeMello going fourth. Are you kidding me? How she dropped to four is insane. Um, but you obviously toss in Howell Fox is an incredible player. I mean, Ekic, um, but even Kirsten Davis uh, getting picked where she did and, and Kayla Fisher, I still think there's um, great potential for Parker Goins too. Uh, Jordan Bloomer is an excellent backup goalkeeper. So uh, they've done really well in the draft. I know there's been uh, some picks that haven't gone the way that racing had hoped and racing fans had hoped, um, but um, some of the finds in the draft have been really, really good. And the fact that Kayla Fisher dropped all the way to 16 uh, after watching her play a couple of times, I, I don't, same with DeMello. I'm like, how did that happen? How is that? How is that a thing? I don't know about um, uh, um, about Kayla Fisher, but I think DeMello, didn't she drop because she was just coming off an injury? Yeah, she had an Achilles. Uh, she, I mean, she didn't drop that far. She's still fourth, but um, right. But I mean, I think if it wasn't for the injury, she would, uh, most people possibly. would have expected her gone higher. Yeah. It, so it was a tough draft. You've got Girma and, and Howell ahead of you. Um, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, what a steal that was for us at four and, and mm -hmm. is playing like a one draft pick. I mean, she looks even better this year than she did last year, which I didn't think was going to be 
I wasn't sure what level you could get to, but her movement off the ball, um, her aggression is, is next level. Um, so uh, that's huge for us. She got quite the engine. Yeah. I mean, good God, the beating that she takes, like, it, you know, I know opposing fans get frustrated with her, but she like puts her body between her and the ball uh, or between her defender and the ball. She draws a lot of fouls. She does not go down and she doesn't flop. She gets clattered. And um, she's like already got an, an enormous lead in fouls one again this year after winning by 20 something last year. Um, but she's just impossible to defend. And um, I'm hoping that nobody on the national team notices for like three more months so that we can get through this season and then we'll get her as a regular. I'm, I'm kidding. Obviously I want her to have the best experience she could possibly have, but, um, but yeah, she is, she's incredible. Uh, her and Katie Lund to me feel like Dustin for for the national team more like a a win than if sort of situation. I'm 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 upset that Katie Lund hasn't got any sort of like call up to like a camp like a vote approval kind of like what Josh Widener kind of got maybe not one where they're not going to be a regular but one saying kind of like you're doing the right thing kid you know. I would think after the World Cup I think you'll see Lund Howell and Demello all get all get call ups. Um, it just depends if they win. They'll do their little goodbye tour with all of the players who are probably going to retire. Um, and maybe the camp is a little bit later. Um, but if, if things don't go well, and obviously I'm hoping that they do go well, um, but if they don't go well, uh, I would expect to see all three of them very quickly given a look um, and, and, and a chance to play. Um, Cause I know only Jalen has caps. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's a big boost for us uh, too. And um, you know, I'm excited to see how they keep developing. Uh, we we mentioned her when we were recapping the game a little bit, but do you want to talk a little bit about uh, the? I think it was just announced today the the trade for for Jordan Baggett. I think Racing gave up uh, two two draft picks. One of those is conditional, as a 2024 second round and a 2025 conditional third round pick to the Spirit for Baggett. I think she was drafted out of Stanford in 2019. She's mm-hmm. been in the league a couple years. I. I was looking at her game logs. And I think she's had um, some, it looks like she's played a lot in chunks and had some, some chunks away. But I think in the press release, you guys mentioned that she'll be a big help during the world cup because we're going to have a couple of midfielders gone for that stretch. Do you, do you have any, anything you want to mention about her? Yeah. I mean, I, I just think, you know, in the same vein, Paige Monahan has been like, the best human being uh, to add to our locker room. It's just awesome. She came up with go big perp um, and is a huge influence in the locker room already. Uh, and we've been told that Jordan Baggett is uh, same personality, very similar, just really bright, friendly person who will get people pumped up and going. Um, she can play um, six and eight uh, and get some depth there. And, and look, I think, um, just this past uh, couple months to see when Jalen got hurt, to see how the lineup had to shift a little bit. I think the, the staff realized, hey, you know, we've got the roster space. We need to go find a little bit more depth in those areas. Um, and then, like you mentioned, Zach, with, with Ari Borges going off to the World Cup and and who knows who else uh, in the midfield, Wang Shuang will be going. So um, there's some good players who are going to be gone. Chidiak will be gone, probably. Yeah. Chidiak will be gone too. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. So yeah, I mean, for Jordan to come in 
um, at her best is a really, really good player. Uh, she had a bad concussion um, and, a, and a hip injury um, that have kind of slowed down her participation. But at her best, I mean, she was an All-American in college. Uh, she was the number three overall pick in the draft in 2019. Um, and, and all of the people who I trust in our building, uh, who are big soccer people for them to all come up to me today and say, wow, that's a big, that's a good trade. That's, that's awesome. Uh, got me pretty excited. So I know our players are excited and I think it's a big addition. Now, um, Jeff, I'm going to put you on the spot with this one real point blank. Is this team a a playoff team this season? Did they make it? Yes or no? Yes. Oh, you you were quick with that one. Yeah, I, I like that, that confidence. Since, I've thought that since the second day I saw them in training. So yes, they're a playoff team. We'll make the playoffs. I agree. I knew I knew you were optimistic on going this season. I didn't know if if anything had changed there um, a few games in, but I, I didn't think there's enough evidence against that <laughs> personally. But yeah, I mean, I hope I'm not wrong. I mean, obviously, I think we all hope I'm not wrong. But uh, no, I, I'm I'm very bullish. I'm and I had to look. I know I, I've I've lost some credibility because I was bullish last year and and things didn't go very well. So it is what it is. But I'm very bullish on this team. I think they've got some great pieces, and uh, if all goes to plan, um, things will get even better here uh, over the next couple of months when the transfer window opens up and and things get going. And I Personally, think. This- Uh, I think the schedule is pretty front loaded Mm -hmm. for them. And so I do think like they're really going through the tough stretch of the season already this early. So I I think that could work out into their favor. Like as, as the team really hopefully starts to come together and click, they're also going to be in a more favorable portion of the schedule. So I think, I think they, they are set up to be able to finish the season very strong. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say to your, to your defense, Jeff, like this year, like I, 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 I think there's a lot, like personally, I think there's a lot of evidence to just suggest that this team has really like leveled up and, and what you were saying, Zach, like, yeah, the more this team's going to get the gel, I think the more likely we are still getting these results, especially with it being as fr- front loaded as it is. So I'm still keeping the faith, still keeping my, my fingers <laughs> crossed. May, May is a huge month for racing. They got to get some wins. Uh, they got to get rolling, but uh, but it's a big month, and I'm hopeful that uh, that that those uh, results will match what we're seeing uh, so far. Excellent, Zach. Did you have uh, anything else that you want to ask Jeff while we have him here? Uh, Jeff, did you have anything you wanted to plug? Why why you're oh. on? Thank you so much oh. for, for for joining us. Thank you. Uh, geez. I got my uh, I got my AFC Richmond sweatshirt. I don't know if you guys noticed that. It was, uh, nice. I I was actually looking. I saw kind of bobbing up and down in the yeah. picture. I'm like, I think that's Richmond. Yeah. Um. No. Look. I mean, I, I think uh, I say this every time I get a chance to talk about racing. Uh, I I absolutely love uh, what Louisville City has become. Um. I remember going out in, uh, on on Market Street and and walking over and getting you know a five dollar ticket or whatever and hanging out at ATG after or before and um, having a great time and, and what that has built. Um, I would love to see those, the, that all those faces, uh, at racing games. Uh, I want to see crowds get to be, uh, where they deserve to be, uh, and, and be awesome, uh, because we know how fun it is for Louisville city games. Let's replicate that. So I want to push That's, that. That stadium is so fun when there's over 10,000 people there. Tell me about I it. want that for racing so bad. Yeah. I think, I think if we can get a little bit of a win streak yeah. going 
this yes. season that will come. I think. I think if the ten, if the team is able to roll off a couple wins in a row, in a row, I think it'll really build momentum attendance wise. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll push that. And and one other thing, guys, I'll just throw out real quick that I'm really excited about. Um, we've got a bunch of uh, opportunities coming up um, for people to bid on the signed barrel heads uh, and barrel staves that we're doing uh, at the player walk-ins. We'll have another one uh, on Saturday. We signed our players signed a, a branded uh, bourbon barrel stave uh, and we're going to auction that off. We are not getting any money for it. The club will not make any money. There's no admin fees. None of that. It's 100% of the proceeds will go to a racing Academy scholarship. Um, and so I'm really excited about that. Our players are super pumped about that. They really have been talking a lot. Um, I got a lot of feedback from them in the off season that I solicited about working closely with the Academy and helping the young players come up. Um, and so if people want to, want to go bid on, on those things, they'll be going up uh, after this weekend. And I know people, it's hard to part with your hard earned money. So we want to make it kind of a cool, unique thing. Um, but that money will go a long way to help kids pay for travel, uh, food, all sorts of stuff that we all know really gets pretty expensive when you're trying to go on the road. And uh, I don't want there to ever be a barrier uh, for, for kids um, who who maybe don't come from, from families that can afford to travel uh, as much as some of us can. Um, and so I think this is a great opportunity to help. I know the foundation does a lot with scholarships too. Um, so we're doing some great work there, but our players really want this to be kind of like a player funded scholarship, uh, from the auctioning of those items. So keep a lookout for that on our social media. I like that. There's always a lot of like, uh, like charitable efforts going on a lot of like the signed barrel stage you're talking about, like the signed kits, like after like pride nights and, and stuff like that. Really, really cool. I'm really big into the, to the charity side of things. So. Glad that's uh, that's continuing. For sure. For sure. Yeah, we're going to keep going. Cool. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for for spending some time and chatting with us. I know you live a busy life at at work <laughs> and at home. So uh, so we really do appreciate you, you, you making the time. And um, yeah, hoping that racing gets a few more wins uh, under their belt soon. And hope to see you in person again soon. It's been a while. All right. For you guys, I'd give you two hours. Um, I love you guys. Thanks for having me on. I always listen to the podcast, so I'm happy to be on here. I'm probably going to hate hearing my voice. Um, oh, I hate it every week. So. I will, oh, yeah, I will see you me guys. Uh, I will see you guys very soon, I'm sure. And, and thanks for having me. Well, thanks again. And thank you, listener, for tuning in. Um, I hope you enjoyed yourself. And hopefully when we come back, we'll be talking about several wins. Two for Louisville City, one for racing. How about it? Nine we got three total. opportunities for wins this week. Let's go for it. Anyway, I've been betting. I'm Zach. And we will catch you guys next week. Thomas Marauders. Bye. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. 
How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.